Hello friends and welcome to your midweek edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. I am Mark Heath, I am your host and with me today, two of the best kings. We missed him on Monday because he was busy doing other stuff. Man like Roscoe, the prospect, the bearded one, the boy wonder. More of a man wonder now, I guess, Ross. Are you looking sharp? You're looking trim. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And yeah, fresh trim had to be done. Um, I was getting very hairy. Um, I'm hairy anyway, but I was getting maybe tad too hairy. Even my, my missus is saying, I can't even you know, feel your lips anymore. <coughs> you know what I mean when you kiss your other half? Yeah, tell us. Anyway, keep, yeah, yeah. Keep, going, keep going, mate. <laughs> it's good detail. Yeah, I'm a romantic man, a romantic man, but I'm very well, thank you. Um, I'm fresh off a, uh, a trip down in Felixstowe last night for the women's team. Um, bit nippy, the weather's turned again. Um, yeah. yeah, they got a good win, so yeah, all good. It's actually not as bad as it could be. We we're meant to be getting beast of these too, weren't we, in this week? Um, and it was meant to be snowing at the moment, but that's not happening. It's just a, it's just a bit cold. Ladies won last night, didn't they, Rossi? Yeah, one 0 win. Um, penalty wasn't a classic, but three points, clean sheet, happy days. Just how hairy are you on a scale of one to hairy? I've got a hairy chest. Get yeah, out. we've seen that. When you're in drink, yeah. you like to get that out, don't you, Rossi? As we yeah, found out in Manchester, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. It's just the go-to, and it just opposite. <laughs> It's the obvious, yeah, it's obvious yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I've got hairy arms, hairy legs. I, I don't do, I should use Manscaped more often, maybe. Um, you should because they're our sponsor. Use the code KOA 20% off manscaped.com. Exactly. Someone go. who's an enthusiastic manscaper, just like myself, and also the reason for our latest five star review on iTunes, friends. If you've not five star reviewed, just please do now. Hutchie, mm-hmm. our latest five star review on iTunes simply says from Arnold Bickers, love the lanyard chat. Please cover this topic more. And you were the man that led that red-hot lanyard chat on Monday by ranking your top three lanyards. So more of that, please, now. Wait, I, I don't know if I've got any more on lanyards. <laughs> um, next time, yeah, I've got no more. I've got no more lan- lanyard chat. I need something to happen in the lanyard world and we can we can run with it from there. What lanyard in the sporting world do you most covet? Would you most like to have hanging from your door or wherever you keep them? Uh, I've never thought about that until today. Think about um, it now. I would like a lanyard from the NBA Finals. Oh, yes. That's a good one, Hutchie. Very much so. Yeah, that would be a good one to have in the locker, wouldn't it? Rossi, you must have loads of lanyards from your uh, your time snapping. You've been all over the gaff, haven't you? Didn't you cover a game at Wembley once? Yeah, the... Um... Yeah. Women's FA Cup final. That's right. Um, yeah. I've got I've got the Itchy's Town one here. So, you know. Just keep that by right, all times, just in case. That's just what I do. I just this is this is where I just this is my dumping ground, aka my office, aka spare room. Um <laughs> so I just chuck things in here and um that the media pass just gets chucked in here and then I use it when we have games. But I've got loads of other spares that as Hutchie mentioned. Um you take them they like, sometimes ask for them back, but sometimes you I think they always you, ask for them yeah. back, don't they? You're meant to give them back. Most of but... the time. Yeah, most of the time. But mm. you just forget about it and they just store. So, yeah, if anybody want any more plastic lanyards, let us know. I wonder if there's yeah. a market, Hutchie, you'll know about this, for sell-on lanyards. Can you can you, can you put them probably. on Vinted? I reckon there probably, probably is. Probably. People would probably invest. for good ones. I can't, beli- I can't believe we've gone lanyard again. I can't it's believe the, It's what the people... And I've got to give the people what they want. It's what um, one person wanted. Well, yeah, but I want to. I, 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 I want more. At least five more want more. So there yeah. you go. That's that's the general rule of thumb when it comes to this business we call show. Um, the reason I've started with lanyards essentially is because not much has happened since we last spoke. Um, so today's show, friends, is basically going to be a big old dive into the mailbag. We've not heard from you for a little while, so we've got loads of questions to get into. We'll do as much mailbag as we possibly can within an hour. Uh, and then hopefully we'll look ahead, have a little fun by looking ahead to the March fixtures and finish, of course, by looking ahead to Burton. But right, let's make no more bones about it. No more lanyard chats. We've had that fun. Let's dive into mailbag, shall we, Hutchie? And you know what we've got to do when we dive into mailbag? We need to hear from the voice of a generation, the voice of a songbird, the angelic vocal chords of Hutchie, the Hutchman, Hutch Hogan, Adolf Hutchler, Warren. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give this full beans. So if you're driving, just be hold on to the steering wheel, and um, you're in for I'm a ride. Gonna get, I'm going to give this ev- everything that I've got. Okay. Yeah. Mailbag, mailbag. It's Jesus. Mark, Andy, not you, and Ross to dip into the mailbag. 
do, do. I appreciate uh, maybe That's others won't. Uh, well, A, it was tremendous, and I'm, I'm quite aroused as a result. But I also enjoyed the, the fact, as a pro, you leaned away from the mic because you know the sudden increase in volume there would absolutely send the mic mental. But you leaned back to lessen that impact, Hutchie. This is and not my like. first rodeo, mate. Exactly. I've done, I, know, I know what I'm doing. I've performed, exactly. boy. You've been on stage, as we found out in the Christmas special, if you've not listened to that, by the way. Go back and listen to that now. Nothing to do with football. Lots of us kind of lying to each other, though. Um, right then, what should we do first? Let's find a non-football one to do first, shall we? Right, this is a good one. The Blues wants to know, one member of the first team playing squad is homeless, so who are you offering your spare room to? He says, to stop you playing safe and going for KVY Genoi, your choices are Luke Wolfenden, Freddie Ladapo, Carl Edwards, or Sam Morsey. I've got very definite views on this. All right, so have I. Do you um, want to start with your views? Then, yeah, uh, I think Luke Wolfenden would actually be an incredibly low maintenance house guest. Do you? Yeah, I get the. I don't know. I mean, Wolfie is incredibly laid back, isn't he? Yeah, almost um, to the point yeah. of being horizontal. That's all I want. That's all I need. And I just wonder if that would translate into into mess, though. No, would I he... don't reckon it will. Yeah, no, I reckon no. I I mean, I, I don't. I'm not expecting him to be sort of come in and be Mrs. Hinch and like <laughs> I, I don't that's not what I'm after from him um but I just I, I don't need drama brought into my house no um and Which I don't his house think, is yeah. a drama free zone this is a safe space and I think yeah. Luke would both respect and embrace that if I'm being completely honest okay um, so I'd, I'd welcome Luke with open arms if you're listening Luke um of course he is yeah in the unlikely event that you are Made homeless. Um, there's always a bed for you here. That bed there, which is where you'd be. So, I'd like. I'd, I'd invite Luke if he could bring his dogs with him. I love the look of his dog. He's got rotties, hasn't he? Lovely dogs. Um, so yeah, Wolf Wolf didn't come stay with me if he's bringing his dogs. The man I'd actually want staying with me though is is Captain Fantastic Sam Morsey because uh, he's a bit of a reader like myself, and uh, we could have some deep and meaningful chats about books we've read. And, and thoughts on the process, I reckon. Yeah. Do you want that at home, though? Is that not too? Do you... I, I would, I would like. I would like to sit and talk to to Sam about winning. Being go excellent. out for a coffee. Don't don't invite him into your house. Like, <laughs> that's fine. Like I I I think that would be a fascinating conversation. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. just go out for a coffee. Don't that I that I can't think of anything worse. There you that. go, uh, Sam. Uh, you're not welcome at House Hutchie. That's uh, you're welcome. You're welcome for a coffee. You're welcome to come over for a coffee anytime. Just don't bring your book chat with you, and don't bring a sleeping bag because you're yeah. not staying. So you've got Wolfie. I've got Morsey. Roscoe, if you could host one of those four heroes from town, who would it be? I'm going to go for a Big Fred. Um, and as Hutchie yeah. said, he Big Fred can stay in here, um, my dumping ground. <laughs> um, just Lucky rubbish. man. <laughs> Looking man, but um, I think you'll be a good just good company. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll have a bit of FIFA, watch some box sets, eat some good food, um, you know, play some tunes, and yeah, just have a good night. He'll do a DJ like, set, do the DJ. Sounds like fun. So, sounds like yeah. fun. Actually, I mean, think about it. it. We've left Kyle Edwards out there, but Eduardo's a rapper, isn't he? So mm. that would lend himself to quite an interesting night as well, or at least uh, exactly. Is it just one night? Uh. Doesn't say. I get they're they're homeless, so I assume it's it's for longer than one night. Yeah, it's for quite a long term thing. Like mm. I like I've um I've seen I bumped into Freddie Ladapo in the Japanese restaurant in town previously, and I think we we, we share a liking of Japanese food, right? Um, that if it was for one night, I'd be up for that. Like, maybe maybe we could go like Luke Chambers. You know, like Luke Chambers had half the town youth team living with him at one point. Maybe we could just get all four. In the thing I like about Sam Morse is I reckon he'd, he'd really he'd take my my life, which is kind of drifting, I would say, as we get you know in terms of uh, approach to things. Do you need to have a chat? Yeah, okay? <laughs> but Morsey would be up. He'd be up at six a.m. every morning. He'd be straight on the protein, the lean greens. He'd probably have steak and nuts for breakfast, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I reckon he I reckon he could uh, he could lead me into better things, and I could be excellent. Right then, um, 
Matt Thomas, our fighty friend, moving on. That's quite a long one, wasn't it? Um, this is another long one, actually. This is for you and Rossi. He wants to know, since you've been watching Town, who's the best signing, worst signing, best game, worst game, best interviewee, and worst to interview? That's a lot. So if you take it one by one, best signing since you've been watching Town? Since I've been watching them. Which is different to covering. It's definitely just watching. Mm. Okay. Um, Jim Magilton is probably the best signing they've made in the time I've been watching them. It, he kind of, if you, if you were, if you were drifting, Ipswich, they weren't drifting, but they needed a bit of an injection of something. They, mm. they, and, and Jim Magilton did that back in 97, 98, um, whenever, I think it was 98 they signed him. Maybe 99. But um, yeah, him, Rossi. Obviously, you're you're a bit younger in vintage, so I just I imagine mm. you're not going to say Majorton. No, uh, there's there's so many, there's so many you could choose from. Just one player that top of my head. Don't know why. John Walters, I think from signing from Chester, played well against us in the FA Cup. They played a replay, and then yeah, Jim Majorton signed him. Um, but yeah, I like I like John Walters. Um, not his second return. Yeah, got injured and retired but um i like john Walters. so yeah good old fair enough worth signing can i chuck a blanket over a few here and say basic basically anything that paul lambert did in a january transfer window (laughs) because they were all generally speaking horrific um there are a few exceptions like go back to the first one ultimately alan judge did okay for ipswich Will King did okay for Ipswich, but that window was just full of panic. Hmm. And the second one he had, I think they only signed Josh Earl, which again, restricted by Marcus Evans here, but didn't do an awful lot. And then the, his final one, like Luke Thomas, Matheson, um, just didn't, just did absolutely nothing. So I'm, I'm going to take an easy out here and just say anything that Paul Lambert did in January. Fair enough. Rossi, anything to add to that? Uh, Leon Best. Yeah, he's a, he's um, the Darren classic, he? placement. So yeah. yeah, he's up there. I worked out recently. I actually never saw Leon Best play football for Ipswich. I, I, Man, I looked through all of his games. I, I didn't attend a single one of them. Isn't that fun? That is fun. I, yeah, exactly. I, I think you'd have a lot of support there, Ross, for that being the worst signing. Best game. I know there's not much point asking Hutchie this because I know he's going to say the Bolton game. I'd, I'd imagine. Well, it's the best game. Yeah, that's the best yeah. game of football I've ever attended in my life. I can come up with something else if you want. Go to Ross and I'll uh, Rossi. I'll come up with an alternative. How old were you when that game was played? You were about three, weren't you? So you can't have that one. No, I can't have that one. I, I was there, but I was, yeah, I was you just there as a... Let's be honest. Yeah, no. Um, there's loads, you know, I, I love goals. Um, but I have to say the, the Pablo Canago, Coventry, late winner, that's got to be up there. Um some people were saying to me, oh, because I was young, I was only, I won't tell my age actually, but um, I was close to actually leaving because, I, you know, it was, it was a night game, school in the morning, but um, but no, stayed and Pablo, unbelievable moment and just, yeah, 3 2, yeah. Have you got another yeah. one then? Yeah, I've got a few more. That um, the, the, the game that finished 6 4 at home to, to crew, um, I really enjoyed when, when Ipswich came from two down with a man down to beat Sheffield United at Portman Road in 2003, I think that was. That was a that's a very memorable one. Um, more more recently, I remember Ipswich beating Sunderland, was it 5-2 at Portman at Portman Road in um mixed final season? That was a that was a really good night in it of a more recent of a more recent one. The Portsmouth Worth. game this season was great. Yeah, worst game then. In terms of your era covering the club, actually, and certainly Stewie. all road, all <laughs> roads lead. Yeah, all roads lead to Ipswich Town nil, Burton nil. Fitting <laughs> given for to, for today's game. That was. Uh, if you ever talk to me about worst game, my mind instantly goes to that. Yeah. Um horrendous. Which actually covers one of the other questions. Tom says, "Will there ever be a game worse than Town nil, Burton nil in 2018?" There's your answer, Tom. It can't be understated how. How dreadful a game of football that was! Absolutely, I think Darren Bent was playing for Burton and nearly scored a, a winner for them late on. Mm. Um, horrendous. Rossi, have you got any other thoughts on worst games? You you'd have been covering that one, wouldn't you? 
Um, potentially just started. Maybe I probably was there, and yeah, that's definitely up there. One game that I've got in mind is a nil-nil draw. Another nil-nil draw with Mick um, against Wigan, and it just it just rained the whole game. And I was actually a to get old at this point. This was back in 2015. I went with my good old Nan Doreen, and good old we Nan. actually left. We actually left on the hour mark. Left. I just wow. yeah, me and my Nan. We went. We got a hot chocolate at half time. We came out and we just thought. Let's just go home. Just it was just boring. You left on the hour mark. Yeah, that, that must how, have been dreadful. That is very bad. early. It was it was um, wet and just we just thought let's just go. When I just went, should we just go home? And I went, yeah, why not? So yeah. tough one for a nan. That yeah, I was going to say, is, yeah. is, is Doreen still around? Yeah, she's still around. Good old Doreen. Yeah, is she, is she a bit spry? Is she a bit nifty? Because uh, we yeah, were we speculating spout. on Monday's pod about opportunities that uh, my nan could score that, the old cliche card, and we referenced a couple. The broadhead miss from the weekend, Freddie the Dapo's diving head and miss against Forest Green. Do you reckon Doreen could have tucked one of those away? Maybe not a diving header. Not a diving header, but maybe the, <laughs> maybe the back post, little, you know, little tapping maybe. That's, the, yeah, that's she... the toughest of the two, arguably. Uh, diving head, I don't know. You've got to be, yeah. She doesn't want to break her back, does she, when she dive, diving header? Uh, but now she's she gets about she she walks about my nan um she, big volleyball player in her time was she? hockey player as well nice. for so her. she's athletic yeah okay back then uh, not now <laughs> it yeah. still lives on though like it's still it it's still in there and it, in, in that if that moment on. fell to her exactly she could call, yeah. she could call on on better times <laughs> <laughs> muscle memory. Would, would kick in and Doreen would bury that opportunity. Um, if your nan would have scored that, do let us know. Uh, Hutchie, th- these next two are probably for, for you, really. Best interviewee and worst interviewee? Um, worst. There's a bit worst. Of, there's there's plenty of worst who, ones who just aren't up for, up for talking. And they tend yeah. not to do it very often because it's quickly apparent that, that they're not going to do it. Um, Grant Ward wasn't great. Right. Didn't ever feel like I was going to be able to share anything of any interest with people from Grant Ward. Um, best interviewee. I'll stick to the more the more recent ones. Um, James Norwood was always a fascinating person to speak to. On the obviously he was uh, he was barred from from doing media duties mm. for for quite a significant period of his time. As, Ips- as an Ipswich player, but every time he was, um, every time he was made available, always, always fascinating. And actually, a really intelligent bloke um, plays the class clown a little bit. Obviously, we know that. But um, I remember speaking to him after Paul Cook's team won at Swindon at the back end of that season. He was the captain. He gave a brilliant interview that day. Fascinating. Mm. Mm. Is there anyone from? town history actually that you you kind of think oh, i wish i had the opportunity to spend some time with them and, and interview them as an, uh, an extra question uh well yeah yeah obviously there's i'd have yeah i'd have loved to to know kind of what the what the vibe was like interviewing people in 1981 mm. what like very just just what how did that work like now it's all very kind of scripted you yeah. you wait you wait here until you get to speak to this person for a short amount of time. But I'd love to have had just just see how it worked, what went on, been, where um, where did these interviews happen, like and and in what in what state were the people being interviewed? Yeah, um, both of, in terms of dress and inebriation and inebriation, that would just be fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the back end of the golden era of of, of print journalism, wasn't it? And and that was when reporters often travelled on coaches with players and all that kind of stuff. So you had a whole extra kind of level of access and relationship, really, with with players and managers that just doesn't exist now in, in football with the kind of no. media-managed world that we exist in and, and cliches all over the place. Rossi, of course, you are speaking to people from the golden history of town at the moment for your uh, in-picture series. You've done... Matt Holland, which was great. You've done George Burley, which went out last week, very well received. And you've got another one lined up, haven't you? Just um, tell us a bit about that while I find the next question. Yeah, it's good old Simon Milton. I don't know why. It's just, oh, I need to stop doing this. It's just, it's just a go-to, isn't it? 
But yes, uh, Milks was good. And I also um, went up to Leeds to see Alex Maffey. Um, really good chat with him as well. Um, so two, two players I actually never watched play. So I, I, this is the problem with this sometimes. Like, yeah, they're sharing great memories, but I wasn't born. But they're, they're great. They're great talkers. But um, I'm hoping to change the eras around, you know, from the golden era, 90s, 2000s, and um, maybe more current ones in the future as well. But yeah, look out for that. It'll come out at some point in March, uh, the side middle one anyway. Leon best in pictures. That's what I want to see. Um, Hutchie, this is, I reckon you'll have feelings on this. Maddie Reader wants to know. She has a quick question for you, lads. She does actually address this. Hello there, Kings. Points for that, Maddie. Um, quick question for you. Thoughts on walkout tops? Why do you wear them for 30 seconds and take them off straight away? Mm, I do have I do have thoughts. Um, understandable when there's a minute silence going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't think they need to be worn to walk from... I, the whole beginning of the match procedure, to me, needs a needs a refit. I think it's... It, it, Quite frankly, it's all ridiculous. I I used to love it when the two teams would come running out of the tunnel. They'd run out of the tunnel, just go to their halves, crack on. Now they do this silly little walk, stand there. They don't shake hands anymore. They mm. just stand there and then turn around and, and go away. It's all a bit of a silly little dance, ball on the podium, Um Warm up, walk out tops. Stay. I think that I believe they're called presentation jackets. Ah. Um, yeah, I, which I is basically it. what they are by the sound of it. They literally wear for the formalities. Yeah, and there's some market. Them. I'm sure there's some sale. Like it's a free advert in it to an extent, isn't it? I'm sure there's part of it about keeping warm and yeah and stuff. But um, yeah, thankfully this Ipswich, like some teams you see, we're going we're going too deep on jackets here. But some teams you see, like just take them off and chuck them on the floor and then the poor kit man is going around scooping them up but Ipswich are a lot more civilised than that and I think I think I'm right in saying that they actually hand them to the kit man just as a as like normal human beings should do yeah <laughs> um, because Ipswich are a, are a good bunch of human beings and maybe this is the, the embodiment of that do you know what I'd like to see Hutchie from other sports in terms of warm up attire in football I'd like to see the detachable the flip side sweats they have in the NBA, you know, the rip off trousers. You know what I'm talking <laughs> with about pop, with, with poppers, and just yeah, like... with the poppers. So it's a, no, there's, a real, there's a real technique to it because I used to have these when I was a kid when I was playing basketball to try and rip in, in, inevitably you try and rip them off and you end up with like one leg half still on and kind of trip over as you're trying to run. Um, I'd like to see that in football. I know it's I know it's American, but I can't see it catching on. I'm just saying, maybe for one game. Um, <clears throat> Tab wants to know when is the pork poncho KOA testimonial? We're still in negotiations with Mr. Bacon, uh, Tom. Um, that is, I think we are going to get him on at some point, but uh, we do now have to meet quite a, an even larger appearance fee with him no longer being under contract. So negotiations ongoing. Hopefully that will happen before the end of the season. Arthur Pickthorn, Rossi, who's your biggest cult hero at town? Mine, he says, was Shifky Coochie, with special mention to Tyrone Mings, John Walters, Connor Chaplin. P.S. Keep up the great work. Thank you, King Arthur. Um, your cult hero at town, Rossi? There's a couple. Um, yes, yeah, Sheffield would be up there because of his celebration. Um, for me, don't know why. I don't know. I love Darren Curry, the step overs, and just, yeah, just free kicks. Um, yeah, why not? Just Darren Curry. Um, and of course, Pablo. Good old Pablo. So, they're mine. Curry and Pablo. Hachi, you got some cult heroes? Um, Yeah, all the obvious ones, really. I did love watching Coochie, um, Peralta. So, uh, I, I wouldn't say some of the ones that have been listed here are cult heroes as such. It's, uh, they're just heroes. Connors. Yeah. I think some some of them mentioned might have a little way to go to reach that status, but um, <laughs> yeah. but but, um, but yeah, it's yeah. I'll always remember watching Chef Kikuchi. He was um, an, an odd approach to the game, but it worked. How would you sometime. define a cult hero? It's quite an interesting thing, isn't it? Because often, I mean, cult heroes can be players who do really well, but equally, they can be players who don't really do a lot, but somehow earn a place in cultdom, can't they? Is, could you describe it, Hutchie? Define it? I guess it has to be 
there has to be just something about them that's away from the norm. Like you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't describe Matt Holland, Marcus Stewart as cult heroes. They right. were kind of like the front line. Yeah. Mate, mate, you need to maybe need to be below the radar. Coochie had his kind of the celebration and his whole kind of approach to the game. Pablo a bit of mystique about him. I think yeah. that, that helps. I don't know how to describe it. It's difficult, isn't it's, it? It's a feeling, isn't it? More than anything. Yeah, cult it's heroes. a feeling. Yeah. Yeah, like like Connor Chaplin, for example, I, I I wouldn't put him in that I wouldn't put him in that bracket. He's a mm. very good player for Ipswich at this moment. I think cult heroes may be stretching that for him a little bit. Mm. Um yeah. There's more I've to be done two. on this. I feel like we're just sorry. I've got two quickly. Um, yeah. Fabian Wilness hates yeah. Norwich. Yeah. And then Danny Haynes used to score against Norwich. So I don't know. I think that's why it's always that connection against a rival. If they score or say something about them, they sort of straight away fans love them. So they're yeah. two there. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. There's an interesting kind of deeper chat to be had around cult heroes, I think, and what they are and how they, how they come about. Because it, it covers such a wide spectrum of players. And it is more of that that kind of your rating sort of feeling sort of vibe, isn't it, Cole Hero? Anyway, mm. let's move on. Otherwise, we'll talk about this all day. Lee Hutchie wants to know, I might have missed it if it's been discussed. Sorry if I have, but what happened to the Milka Cup? Very controversial. Um, there's been some behind-the-scenes controversy with the Milka Cup, um, and that's all I can say for legal reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. Yeah, can't go any it's, been, it's been suspended. Irregular betting it's, patterns, I think. With the, uh... Well, it's all that's all I can say. <laughs> um, it may come back at some point. Okay, we'll leave it there. Menton wants to know: Have you watched Physical One Hundred on Netflix yet? Have you either of you two seen this, boys? If you haven't, no. this is going to be a very short chat. Good, excellent. Physical One Hundred is a Korean reality game show, like Squid Game. It's in Squid Game's vibe. So they're these kind of big over-the-top games they compete in. But it, they basically take 100 of the best athletes in Korea from a myriad of sports and pursuits and fitness models, crossfitters, wrestlers, boxers, whatever, MMA fighters, football. Oh, anyway, and they pit them all against each other in a series of challenges, which has obviously they don't get executed if they lose in Squid, like in squid Games. But it's very Squid Games vibe. It's like a big computer telling them what to do. Um, and it's it is really good viewing. I could highly recommend it, and I'd love it if they did it in this country, because if you took a hundred of the best athletes from this country and pit them against each other to find the best over a series of games, it would make great viewing. It's slightly obviously because I don't know. I know quite a few of them, but I don't know all of them. And it'd be better if you kind of had more knowledge of who they were and, and that kind of thing in terms of relevance to you. But it's, it is a really good watch. I'd highly recommend it um, if you've got some time to kill. Uh, where are we? Dan wants to know, Hutchie, a number of long-term injured players are now back on the grass, or grass, as you say, round here. Who do you think can still play a big part in the remaining games? If we're talking injured players, who are we talking? Lee, Lee Evans, Don Ball, Panucci Kamara, John Tyrus, John Jules. Um, I think John Jules has to be the one that you pick out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ball, I think Ball's going to be back sooner than hoped, but if Luongo grasps kind of the opportunity that's there for him, then that's kind of going to limit what Ball is required to do, which is probably a good thing, getting properly fit. Kamara, obviously, wait and see. I, I, I kind of, I don't think it's sensible to put kind of hang your hat on on him. Evans, we don't know if he's probably not going to play mm. very very much. But John Jules, there's a prospect. There's a prospect there, and the hope with John Jules has to be that by the time he's back and playing, Ladapo and Hurst are firing fully, and 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 he can be sort of uh, eased back in and 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 be a sort of a contributor there. Um, mm. Interesting. I, I liked John Jules sitting a bit deeper when he uh, he led the line a few times, and I, I think he he did a decent job there. But I quite liked him in one of the supporting roles. Um, bit of power there, bit of physicality from that position, as well as the touch and technical ability too. So um, yeah, maybe maybe there's a role for him. You've covered two questions in one there, actually, because Simon Bartlett went on to ask. 
given John Jules's back training, what do you see his role being between now and the end of the season? And there you go, Hutchie, you've you covered that. So there you go, Simon, that's done. Rossi, Richard Lee wants to know, with Hutchie seemingly bankrupting Heath's bookies and now being a multi-millionaire, we are in the middle of a run, Hutchie, aren't we, that could see you win 34 million? You said yeah. win all four games, score at least 12 goals. So they're two yeah. in and they've scored five goals. Um, yeah. Goal behind schedule, but two home games to come. Exactly. So big opportunities. Um, what would be the first thing you'd all buy if you won big bucks? Would you invest in town? He says, assuming Ross would employ a full-time driver. You've basically got one of those already, Ross. So you don't actually have to pay. He's called Liam from Crew, or indeed yeah. anyone who drives you anywhere. Um, so what would you, if you had loads of money, if you're well wedged up, Rossi, what would you spend it on? Sensible option, buy a house. Um, boring that, isn't it? Yeah, boring. So yeah, Vegas or something. Um, get a private jet. Yeah, just visit different island, maybe buy an island. Um, but yeah, that's probably it. sensible though. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking PJ, private jet, private island, definitely. The island of Heath. Um, Hutchie, you'd probably just buy loads of football kits, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, I'm travelling. If I... If money was no object to me, I'm see- I'm seeing the world. I'm seeing everything. That's a wonderfully sensible and perfect answer, I would say, actually, Hutchie, because that is the correct answer. And that is actually, now I think about it, what I'd like to do. Um, You've got a private jet now, so you can... I can go can. anywhere. Yeah, I don't just want to spend it on my island. It's just nice to have an island, so I can say, I'll oh, come to my island. Um, anyway, Andy wants to know, and this is, this is a touchy subject, this, Andy. How did Hutchie's unveiling as Blue Monday's favourite king go down in the KOA world has fame gone to his head now this was this was this was difficult for us all to take Hutchie Blue Monday our podcasting friends unveiled you as their favorite of this this podcast and indeed had you on a special of their own available only to subscribers um it was a bit of pill to swallow but I think if we're honest really with ourselves you've been making eyes at them for quite some time you've been flirting with them for quite a long while Hutchie it's been noted um so it was no surprise to me. Stewie took it quite badly, I would say. I'm not sure if you're still talking to each other. Rossi, did did it kind of was it a dagger through the heart for you? Or well, funny enough, uh, Rich Woodward of Blue Monday. Um, I saw mm. him at the women's game. I think it was Sunday. He actually said it to me. He went out. He went out. Oh, it's my second favourite king. And I was like, Ooh. oh, we've got a ranking. So we know we know that Ooh. it's Hutchie, then Ross, and then I'd imagine Stu. So I'm bottom of the pile, boys. That's brilliant. That's fantastic. <laughs> So, yeah, as you can see, it hasn't caused any issues whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, Right then. Um, Callum Pritchett wants to know, Hutchie, nice and simple. Who's going to finish top scorer, Chaplin, Ladapo or someone else? I think Chaplin's the best shout due to the amount of games you'll play compared to Ladapo. That would be the sensible choice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing nothing more to add on that. How many is he going to get, Chappers? I think... Look, I I think it has to be league goals. I really, I really do. Yeah, I'm gonna get. What's he on in the league? I'm, fourteen, I'm, I think. Fourteen. I'm. I think you might get nineteen in the league. Nineteen in the league. Right then, we've got questions from I believe a father and son, Ross. So you'll be able to confirm this. We've got the sweet Welsh prince Harvey Davis, and also Terry Davis, which I think is the sweet Welsh prince's father, which makes him the sweet Welsh king. Oof. Terry, um, Terry. let's start with the King first, Terry Davis. Why do some people always need a scapegoat in our team? Seems to be Burns currently. Let's all stick together, keep up the good work, love listening to the pod. Thanks, King Tell. Um, Hutchie, it's not just town, is it? They're always, in any football team, there always tends to be someone who's on the outs in terms of scapegoating or... I'm not sure scapegoat is the correct word. There's just someone who's a bit out of favour. Um, if when the yeah. team's not doing particularly well, yeah, I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't describe Wes Burns as being a scapegoat at the moment. Mm. He was when he was substituted at the weekend. He was he was cheered off. Um, his name was sung as he walked past the fans on the way on the way past. He's you know, he's not. I think visibly, some of his some of the the numbers, the contributions he's made this season have been really really important really important he scored some important goals he's laid on some important goals um and in terms of numbers that he's contributed well but visibly to the eye to the eye if you're watching these games it, it's pretty obvious that the zip of last season isn't quite there and we've discussed the factors for that at, at length 
of mm. of why that might be. And some of that is down to form. Some of that's down to the way the team's set up. All sorts. Um, but I certainly wouldn't say he's, he's kind of being being scapegoated at the moment. Yeah. You, you have it every now and then, don't you? We had elements of it with uh, Lee Evans last season, wasn't there? When uh, when Town weren't doing too well, there was somebody suggested that Evans was the, the kind of core, well, one of the main causes of that. Um, Chris Miles on this topic, by the way, just says, do you think Burns has had unfair criticism this season? General consensus seems to be he's underperformed. Yeah, he's third in goal contribution, six goals, seven assists, which isn't much below last season when he was deemed to be excellent. But I think you've kind of covered that there, Hutchie, a bit more than just the, the straight numbers, the, the eye test, which you and Stewie are always talking about. Um, the sweet Welsh prince then, after the sweet Welsh king, Harvey Davis, an awful lot of competition for Idris El Mazzouni next season, but he's shown some really good qualities this year out on loan, of course, in League Two. Do you see him staying beyond the summer, Hutchie? Have you got any thoughts on that, Idris? He's doing well for himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've not watched any of the games, but everything mm. I've heard has been that he's doing well. A bit of a switch up in position a little bit, I think, um, in the midfield. Um, if Ipswich are in the championship, which is where we hope they're going to be, it's, I, I mean, it's going to be very difficult for someone like, like Idris to jump from League Two football to the championship. It's... Um, but will he stay? I, I, I don't think. I certainly don't think Ipswich, Ipswich will just release him. Um, mm. I think he's probably ahead of Raheem Harper. If we, oh. if we're talking, well, he is. I think I'm yeah. sure he probably is yeah. in terms of like, players out on loan. That they're coming back. There's not going to be room for both of those, and I think one has sort of outperformed the other. So, um, be interesting. I'm sure they'll take a very good look at him in the summer, just like they've done with Corey and Darba previously, and then ultimately decided that you're probably not going to play loads here. Go and play at a good level. Um, next job for Idris is to do what he's doing at Orient for a team in League One, I guess, mm. um, which could well be Orient. Um, who knows? Okay. Rossi, Stuart's Gloves wants to know, does the panel have a favourite pair of football boots? For me, you can't beat a pair of Preds. Yeah, Preds are up there for me, I think, as well. Um, any, anything anything Adidas, as you, as you know. So, yeah. <laughs> You're contractually obliged not to wear anything else, are you? I, I believe, well, technically, I'm, to... I'm actually not wearing an Adidas. I'm not, I'm not going to show it, but um, technically, I'm just, not actually wearing it. Just cover the badge. Just show it. What are you wearing? Come on. It's, it's Under Armour. Just, oh. just comfy. It's just nice and comfy. And I love the colour. As you know, this is my, my colour. Under Armour are a tremendous brand. I'd just like to say that if any any kind of people from Under Armour listening. We have two sponsors. There's always space for more. If you want to send us some Under Armour stuff or indeed Adidas, we're not, we're not fussy. Yeah. But if, if the choice of the two, I'd say Under Armour. Ross would say Adidas. Um, Hutchie, John Randall wants to know, what's your favourite cheese? Um, halloumi. Halloumi's underrated. Chow with cheese, actually. Lovely kind of nuttiness to it, isn't there? Um, Rossi? Yeah, I'm up there with Alumi. Love Alumi fries. Um, mm. But I like a bit of Edam. You know Edam? Of course I know Edam. I'm not aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. That e- underground cheese thing, movement they call Edam. E-dam. <laughs> E-dam. Yeah, that's up there for me. I like that. I like that. If you can find it on the black market, get yourself some Edam. Um, yeah, I like Edam. I, my favourite is, is is Stilton. I love a blue cheese with a, with a nice, strong, smoky Isla whiskey. Fantastic. And then a little cigar as well. Anyway, what a gent um, that! What a gentleman's <laughs> evening that is. <laughs> then I go and watch some horse racing. Uh, yeah. Uh, where we go? Kevin wants to know how many eggs do you eat daily? I just want to make sure none of you are on drugs while you're working. This, of course, is Connor Ben's wonderful "too many eggs" uh, excuse for failing a drugs test. Stewie is actually trying to eat a significant amount of eggs as we speak, isn't he, Hutchie? Which is a shame because he's not around at the moment to talk about it, but he is updating us on his his egg intake. I think he's up to sort of eight or nine so far this week, Mm. which is quite high. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I could give you a daily. I'm certainly not, I'm not an egg a day, man. The only egg I had yesterday was a cream egg. (laughs) And that's not, I mean, that's not. No, it's not. No, it's not an egg. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're right you're right there mark it's not it's uh no there's no chicken involved in the in laying yeah. that but um, yeah. that is what I, I had a cream egg yesterday um uh probably eat i probably eat three eggs a week there you go there's a number for you kev so he's definitely not gaming the system getting an advantage with eggs rossi we know you're a fan of a courgette omelette 
You told mm. us that before. How many eggs do you consume on a weekly basis? Well, during lockdown, I was having eggs every day, scrambled egg, omelette, but I've stopped really in recent weeks, months. Um, but yeah, I'm probably the same as such. Maybe three. Depends if I if I if I'm lazy and I'm go to like a cafe or something, I'm straight away getting like three eggs. So yeah. um, it, it varies. So, but yeah, if I'm you go to a calf, you're straight away getting three eggs. Yeah, three eggs. I, 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 yeah. Says he walks straight in. straight up to that counter. Three eggs. Here's my money. Three, <laughs> three eggs, please. You know, I have to fry up, and I just go extra egg, please. Boom. There we go. Three eggs halls, they call you, don't they? In those, <laughs> in those cafes that you frequent. Um, just just to be clear, friends, if you just tuned in, we are actually currently getting paid to talk about how many eggs we eat in a week. Um, I eat at least two eggs a day. Uh, so I'm a, a solid 14. I'm a omelette, scrambled egg sort of guy pretty much every day. Omelette for breakfast. Something eggy on a plate every day. Start your day with protein, friends. That's my advice to you. A um, couple more questions. FPL Tractor. Do Ipswich fans need to relearn how to handle a nervous run-in, given we've only had one in the past decade and a half? So I guess we are officially in that territory now, Hutchie, with 13 games left. Town of bang in the mix for potentially automatic promotion. That's still there but definitely for the top six. So a nervous run-in. Do you reckon we're, we're ready for this mentally? Run-in starts at 10 for me. We're not it... running yet. No, not, we're not, this isn't the home, the home straight yet. Um, that starts for t- 10 out. Um, I think a lot of that's up to the team. Like, do we need to relearn? Um, I guess we just need to hope it's different. That's, that's, that's really what we we need to do. It's just hope that the team deliver. Mm. When do we get in, not been in this situation for even the year that they made the playoffs wasn't really that was it? It, it, it was kind of clinging on. Yeah, ultimately, this is this is an alien thing, isn't it? When if ten is the the, the firing gun for the running, then actually, when do we reach the firing point or the pistol? When do we get the we've got insert number here cup finals left? <laughs> someone will say we'll keep an eye on that one someone will watch please yeah somebody at one of these clubs in the top six or eight are gonna is gonna say that soon so and we'll bring it to eye. you first yeah rossi what do you reckon nervous running you're the man with the fans how do you reckon they're feeling ahead of this uh these last 13 games um yeah i, I agree with Hutch. i think the ten game mark, ten games left mark is when we go. Yeah, this is the run in. I'm going into April. Um, I think we, we've not really since we've been in League One. We haven't actually had that this position we're in. You know, in recent years, last season, you know, it was pretty much season was done in in March, whatever time it was. And in previous League One campaigns, they've always just ended, yeah, badly. So um, this is the first time we've actually had a, a campaign where we're like, okay, we're in the mix here. So. I think they're just, hopefully, they're excited. They'll just be excited for every game and, uh, yeah, just look forward to it. The thing that's so exciting about this one is that we're looking up and down. It's a proper proper, mm. proper mix. Um, and that's why that's why League One's the best promotion chase in the, across the leagues this season. It's, it's going to be, for everybody, it's going to be a really exciting run in and, and Ipswich are firmly in the mix for, for all of it, really. Mm. Right then, I've just remembered I've had an email question which I want to finish with because we're coming to the end now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. If I'm staring intently at the screen, that's because I'm reading the email, friends. I've not had a stroke. Uh where are we? Ben Hobbs says, Hi Mark, I've listened to the podcast for about a year now and always enjoy hearing what the lads have got to say. I'm not sure when you're next doing a pod or mailbag feature, it'd be great if you could keep this question until then and put it to the boys. I'm gonna do it now, Ben. If the worst case scenario happens and town don't get promoted. How difficult do you think it would be to keep hold of some of our best players? When Ashton was selling his vision to the players to get them to drop down a league, surely he would have promised championship football at some point. Cheers. And he says, thanks and keep up the good work. Thank you, Ben. So then we're talking about run-ins there, Hutchie, and the possibility of town being promoted in some way, shape or form. If the worst does happen, though, and they don't get promoted, they've got some big names in this squad. What's the danger you think some of them would be targeted and would be off? There are loads of them that will be that will have come here expecting to be in the championship by this season, but, mm. but most of they all came hoping to be already in the championship. Of course, loads of them will want to be there next season. But on honestly, 
I think so many of them, and I'm probably I'm talking with Sam Morsi in my mind here. Hmm. They are so in on Ipswich Town and what and what what the club's trying to do that I mm. don't think it would quite be as simple. I don't think it would be as simple as, okay, we didn't get to the championship. That's where I should be. I'm off territory. Of course, of course, these players want to play in the championship. Um, but town pay good money, which obviously, obviously helps. Mm. And as much as you can look at it and think, yeah, yeah, people are saying these things. Um, Honestly, I, I I really do believe that so many of them are, are all in on what Ipswich are trying to do and can see both with the coaching that they're getting from, from Kieran McKenna, um, the club's willingness to spend, the club's willingness to grow. And in some cases, take Connor Chaplin, for example. Connor, Connor Chaplin, yes, wants to be back in the championship, but he is all in on Ipswich Town. He's a patron of the, mm. um, a trustee of, sorry, of the, um, of the club's foundation. These guys are all in on Ipswich. I, there, there might be one or two that have their heads turned a little bit. Christian Walton's another one who want to be playing in the championship, but they're all in on this. So I, mm. I, I, famous last words, and hopefully this scenario isn't even an issue. But I would hope that if the worst happens, I, I honestly can't see an exodus of, of people just rushing to the door and being like, "I want, I want out," mm. because they're probably further in on this than they thought they would be. Um, I know mm. Sam Morsi certainly is. Obviously, we've, you know, we, we've talked about um, talked about Sam Morsi and how it, how it kind of a feeling like it took months for him to get into the mindset of being an Ipswich Town player. Didn't expect the move to actually happen to be back in league. Didn't anticipate being playing League One football again, having reached the Championship with Wigan. But he is so in on Ipswich Town and what they're doing. So um, I honestly, I honestly wouldn't see a mass exodus if. Mm. I think they could keep the team together, add to it again, um, and go and go again. Yeah, I agree, Hutchie. It, it's we talk about the bigger picture on here all the time, don't we? But in Ipswich Town, the bigger picture is the thing, isn't it? The project they've all bought into, and so much around the club has changed, and so much is is now what it should be. You know, the feeling around the club, the investment, the incredible support. Where else are you going to go? There's not many other clubs you can go to in the championship even, where you're going to get this level of support um, that, that town get every single week from the fans. Yes, they pay good money um, as well, which helps. So, yes, we all hope they go up this season. But you do get the feeling, if if and when they do go up, they're not just going to stay, they're just going to go, right, we're happy to be here, are they? they they're going to look, right, how do we go up the next level? So it is that kind of long-term ambition, everything. It, Ashton talking about being relentless and you believe in. You believe him. There's that yeah. whole kind of drive at the club, isn't there? It's not just about what's happening on the pitch on Saturday. It, the whole thing is is like this, isn't it? Taking off, it feels like anyway. So um, I, I hope for the reasons discussed that you'd be right there. Would you have any any fears, Rossi, about big names? I mean, clearly there, there will be decisions, I guess, to be made in that nightmare scenario. And I guess a lot of it will come down to age of players as well and how much career they've got left, that kind of thing. But would, would you fear an exodus? No, yeah, just echo what both of you have said. I think they're here for a long-term project. Um, mm. Yeah, as you said, there's not many clubs you can play in front of, you know, twenty to 30,000 fans, you know, every week. And, yeah, I'm sure a lot of them signed to to bring this team back to the Championship. Maybe there'll be a few who are like, oh, I can't leave this club without getting them back to the Championship. So, um, OK, of course, if a good fee gets, you know, chucked in front of Mark Ashton's face, he may go, OK, I made a profit there. But no, I think there's a lot of players here who want to get this football club back to to the second tier. So uh, hopefully, they can do it this season. Mm. The the other thing, like the other thing, maybe on this point, I'd I'd say is that this isn't it's not a scenario sort of with Peterborough with like even Tony those few years ago where there's a player in there that you're looking at it and that this is not in any way saying that they haven't performed well. Of course they have, and they've got players that could play Championship football quite comfortably and have in the past. But with with mm. Tony, for example. There was no way that he was going to carry on playing League One, League One football because he had just performed to that higher level and mm. had that stronger set of attributes that, quite simply, a club of Peterborough's size could not and would not keep hold of him. Um, 
we've talked about Ipswich being sort of a, a team that are greater than the sum of their parts, and and that's and that's true. I don't think there's a star. There's no star man in there. Um, the one, and this is not in any way questioning his whether he's in or not, but the one, the one that I would worry about a little bit would be Leif Davis. Yeah, who um, I, I think he could be one that could be could be coveted. I'm not sure mm. there are players in there that are going to be coveted like to the to the level that Ipswich would need them to be coveted by other teams to to push to push for a sale. Yeah. Davis at his age and having played regular that this many games for the first time in his career and the the skill set that he's got he could be one I think that if they didn't get up there'd be p- people looking actually you should be playing at a high level and we're willing to pay several several million pounds to make that happen but it would have to be yeah. a massive fee. You look at his stats, don't you, as well, Hutchie, that he's producing. I mean, he's, I think he's a leading chance creator in, in League One. He's, he's third in assists with eight. He's, he's really producing yeah. on kind of every level uh, in what is his first season, really playing regularly. So, yeah, you're probably bang on there. Um, that brings us to the end of Mailbag, then, friends. That's been a good one, so I enjoyed it. Um, every so often, it's nice to do a big old special of that and, and chew the fat around various subjects from cheese to cult heroes. Um thought we finished the last 10 minutes or so obviously we're going to talk about Burton but before we get there Stuart Watson who's not here today um has done a piece this morning looking at the March fixtures five games in March as we approach the, the run-in um and I thought we'd do the same thing just very quickly now quick fire as it were um the five games are of course Burton at home Accrington at home Bolton away Shrewsbury at home Barnsley away um so Stuart's predicted an unbeaten month. You can go and read that now if you want to see his exact predictions. He's saying that um, Town are going to go unbeaten and will still be very much in the thick of it at the end of March. Roscoe, let's kick off with you. Burton at home on Saturday. We're going to have a more in-depth chat about Burton in a minute. How do you see this one going? I think we go into this game as a bit of an unknown because Burton are a very different team the last time we played them and have um, they're actually a form side in League One. Um, mm. but I'm going to go for a win. But it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a cagey win, but a solid town performance. I've actually only gone for a, I've varied it up actually on different things. And we've done a video on it as well on our YouTube channel. Yeah, so you can watch that if yeah. you want with Stu. Um, I'm going to go 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. Well, we'll, we'll put a pin in that, what you just said there about Burton being informed, because we'll come back for a bit, bit more of an in-depth look at Burton in a minute. Rossi saying 2-0. Hutchie, we know it has to be a win. It certainly has to be a win for you to win that money. What are you saying? 2-0. 2-0. Okay, I will say 3-0. Accrington at home on the following Tuesday night. A real chance to supercharge the promotion push with back-to-back home games Saturday, Tuesday. Rossi, what are you saying? Hopefully the, the same as the Morecambe game. You know, Accrington struggling. So why not 4-0? Stewie's gone 4-0 as well, I believe. Andy? Uh, I'll go 3-0. Three, three so would that be they've got five goals? You just said two nil seven. So you'd be two goals short there if your your big money moves, which would be frustrating, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be the MK. The MK game was the issue. I'm going to say two nil. Um, Bolton away. This is where we get into the real rubber meeting the road sort of vibe, isn't it? The big games. Um, we'll start with you, Hutchie. Bolton away. They've, Bolton have stumbled a bit actually in, in recent weeks, having been that uh, irresistible force. They lost in midweek, in fact, at, at Portsmouth, and now they've played two more mm. games in everyone else around them and are still obviously behind behind town. Um, this is going to be a, a tough game though, clearly. What, how do you see it going? I think this one might suit Ipswich a little bit. Yeah? The game, yeah. Very cautiously, I'm going to put them down to win it 1-0. I like it. I'm going to say draw. I reckon 1-1. Rossi? Yeah, I'm going to go the easy route and uh, go for a draw as well. 1-1. It is the easy route. Shrewsbury at home. Again, Shrewsbury side in, in decent form um, until recently. They were unbeaten since New Year's Day and had really climbed the table under Steve Cottrell. Hutchie, obviously at home, town will be the favourites. How do you fancy this one? Yeah, look, if it, Ipswich have to win their home games, and I, yeah. I, think they, I think they will. I think this could be tight again, though. I think it might be one or two nil. I'll say two. The optimistic side of me can, can say two nil. Two nil. Rossi? I want to go in my heart with this one, but I'm going with my head. I think it's going to be a draw, you know. And that's, I don't know mm. if that's good or not. I think they're it's going probably, to be probably not good. No, Stu, Stu's dark horses this season. I think they're. 
I think they're going to miss out on the playoffs definitely now because I think yeah. the top six is the top six. But I've gone for a Desmond a two-two draw. I think it'll just be yeah some frustrating moments and that they'll get some goals through. Drew. I'm going to say three-two. Um, so Hutch, I think you've predicted four straight wins there, haven't you? Which would be six in a row, which would be tremendous. Mm. Which would be excellent, actually, arriving at Oakwell and Barnsley at the end of the month. Um, Barnsley themselves, although they're going extremely well at the moment, I think they've got some a tough run of fixtures coming up ahead of this game. Clearly, the, the kind of momentum monsters at the moment in League One, two games in hand, could be third if they win that, and within touching distance of Plymouth. Um, how are you feeling about this one, Hutchie? I know it's I know obviously it's very hard to say a month ahead of the game how it's gonna go. But hey, that's what we do, and it? it's a bit of fun. Yeah, um I'm gonna put them down to lose it. But that's all right. They've they've just won six in a row, it's fine. Let's all not panic about it when that happens. Care to put a happens. number on it, sir? Um three one. Three one. Heavy. <laughs> I suppose that would that would class as heavy for town actually these days. Yeah, well, let's see. It's uh, it's a month away, but um, I don't think that if 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 kind of the the course I've plotted out for Ipswich there plays out, losing at Barnsley is fine. Hmm. Four wins and a loss in in March. Um, Rossi. Now, after two draws in a row, Town are going to get back to winning ways with a one 0 win. Connor Chaplin late winner against his former club. I think his first return back to Oakwell since signing for town. Go with my heart. Come on. That would be huge, wouldn't it? Town winning at Barnsley. That'd be tremendous. Hutchie, what was you, that? You made a noise there, was it? I'm just like, this is such a pointless <laughs> exercise. <laughs> people like it, Hutchie. The people like to look ahead. And, and they're playing along at home right now. Trust me. Uh, I'm going to say they're going to lose at Barnsley. I don't think it'll be 3-1. I think it'll be 2-1. Um, but I am literally never right. So, friends, take take solace from that. Um, they probably will win, hopefully. Um, right then, let's talk about the game that is actually happening. We can actually talk about Hutchie with some level of knowledge. It's Burton this weekend. Uh, Burton, if you look at them, 18th in the table, that doesn't really tell the whole story because they are on what you'd have to describe as a good run of form. They've won four of their last six games and six of the last 10. And then doing so, they've climbed clear of the drop zone. Um Rossi, actually, let's start with you because you, you've you've uh, recorded Meet the Oppo. Um, you've spoken to a, a journalist or was it a journalist or fan? This one, uh, commentator Dave commentator. Fletcher from okay. BBC Radio Derbyshire, Derbyshire the fine county of Derbyshire. Um, what what did he tell you about Burton? Very good mood, Burton at the moment. Uh, mm. In a really good mood, the fans, the manager, the players. Uh, they have got a team of lone players. <laughs> um, I'll have to admit. A lot of signings in January, but um, yeah, very, very a better mood than they were when they last played us. Of course, that was a tough game at the Pirelli last time out. You know, Town had to really dug, dug in deep and get the win there. Um, but yeah, since then, Jimmy Floyd's gone and uh, they've, they've signed a lot of players. Of course, they've got good old Gassan. Of course, won't be able to play because of the loan rule. Mm. But uh, they're, they're, a, they're a team on the up and I think they're confident they could possibly stay up, as you said. You know, they're, they're run a form at the moment out of the relegation zone. They've got a lot of experienced players as well. They've got the, the long throw man, Tom Hamer. Although they're not using it as often, they're actually more throwing it to then Justin Moon, who's their defender on loan from West Brom, who's then crossing it in before they used to just long balls into the box and hope for mm. the best pinball. But uh, yeah, different style of player they're bringing. And uh, that's why I'm a bit cautious with this one, a bit of going into the unknown because this is maybe a different Burton side. But this could be all wrong and Burton could be rubbish and we beat them 3-0 like we did last time out and we scored in 42 seconds. But um, but no, this is going to be an interesting one. Good insight there, Rossi. Did he, did he tell you anything about how Gassan's been getting on? Obviously, you can't play at the weekend, but has he been... Because well, they've, they've, they've got so many loan players, because there's that, yeah. that rule in it on the, on how many in a match day squad. So they're mm. some. I think he missed out on like, the first game he was back on loan, and some people were a bit shocked about that because he was the man who was scoring the goals in August for them. But mm. um, I think yeah, he, he made his first start um, against Accrington, um on the weekend in the goalless draw, and he looked sharp. Um, and hopefully he'll add the goals because they've lost. Um, some of their big men, you know, Victor, I won't say his last name because I can't say it. He's gone to Bolton, who's their top goal Yeah, scorer. you can. Adebayo? No, no, no. Adebayo. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. But uh, they've lost him, but they've been able to bring in some other players. Um, they've got Josh Walker as well and Dale Taylor, who's on loan from Forest, who scored on his debut a few weeks back. 
So they've been able to replace them. Um, but yeah, Gassan's been doing okay and hopefully he'll he'll get fully up to speed and, and score some goals from again. Good insight that, Rossi. Thank you. And if you want to get a, a, the full insight, go and watch the Meet the Oppo video, which is out now on our channels. Hutchie, when we looked at these this run of four games on paper, obviously we were saying win, fairly straightforward, these four games. But when you look at Burton's recent form, it maybe won't be that straightforward. Yeah. Um, saying like, yes, you have to appreciate it that they've they've had an upturn in form. It's not mm. it's not an easy victory. Of course it's not, but this is this is still Ipswich Town at home to Burton Albion in League mm-hmm. One. Like let's not let's not get too carried away with, with Bert, Bert, Burton's Burton's form. This isn't Sheffield Wednesday coming here. So you still have to look at it as a game town have to win. I don't think you could ever you can't ever accuse Ipswich of going into games feeling arrogant or, or mm. taking teams lightly. That I, I don't think that's really really been the case um and they certainly won't won't with burton but um good form bad form whatever the form ipswich need to beat burton albion at home and have got the players to do it so um i'd expect the same this weekend we've all said they're going to win so hopefully they will dino mamria by the way is he the most muscular manager in the football league uh and can how we many eggs out? that's what i want to know that you get to sit in on the conference ask him dino how many eggs are you bosh in a week I'll, go, I'll let the Eggman Watson. Uh, he can, he can I've I've eaten thirty eight eggs this week. Dino, how many how many guns? How, how have those guns got so? Big? I bet Dino's um, solidly in the kind of high twenties, low thirties in his egg consumption. If we can find out though, that that for me is the most interesting thing about this game. Outside, of course, Town hopefully winning the game. Friends, um, that brings us to the end of the show. We've hit an hour almost on the on the nose, which I'm quite impressed with time management wise. Um, anything else to mention? friends rossi you've got fan social tonight haven't you coming up who's on that uh solomon bartlett who's done a question um, oh yeah making his, i think maybe his third appearance and then good old steve from devon our correspondent down steve there wallace. So, uh, yeah, steve wallace yes steve wallace good old steve top lad steve. yeah so listen good. to that i'll be out uh tomorrow when it friday it goes yes. out fan social so get involved in that after this one hutchie you've got any other business yeah, I yeah, I have actually. What? Yeah, Col- Colchester have appointed Ben Garner as their new manager while have we've they? been recording this. Okay, so that's interesting. So I've got nothing else to say about that, but Colchester have appointed Ben Garner. They've got a new manager. A, yeah, fantastic. There we go. Um, right then, friends. All that leads me to say then, as usual, shambolic outro. Just a reminder to support our sponsors. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all the excellent clobber and new lines they've just put out there. And also, of course. If you want to improve your digital marketing, your SEO, your Google ad ranking, whatever, anything in that sphere, get involved with Tony Southgate and the boys at Ginger Pickle. They're the goats of digital marketing. Uh, also, I'd like to say subscribe, if you can, to wherever you get your podcast from so you get all this, drop it into your feed, um, and also leave us a five-star review, just like Arnold Bickers did. If you enjoyed any element of our chat, particularly the lanyard chat, or maybe the cheese chat, I don't know, uh, leave us a five-star review because it helps lift our visibility in those charts and also follow us across social media kings of anger on youtube instagram twitter and facebook all right friends this podcast is in the book the week is almost in the books as we build up to burton um signing off then for andy warren blue monday's favorite uh of our team roscoe blue monday's second favorite stuart watson is not here i speculate he's the third favorite and yours truly mark heath right at the bottom of the pile story of my life things can only get better friends have a great weekend and we'll speak to you next time